0: You could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, You want to talk every once in a while, every once in a while, you get to spend time with a true visionary, a true visionary that can see the world. In such a better place, those mad inventors, those massive creators—it's not often you can actually get in their presence. But I will tell you, today's guest is truly a visionary and is changing the entire landscape of entertainment, bringing boldly the entertainment that we need, the conversations that we need, the the belonging and connection of uniting the world in our commonality. That is a gift. That is I. I love him. I just, I just love him. Randy, you want to do a formal introduction? You want me to do his resume? His resume? I will
2: do it. I will do it. I will do it. Okay. I'm so happy. Jo- I'm gonna squeal. I'm gonna Relampagos!
1: squeal. Relampagos.
2: Okay. I, I, is it just me, Relampagos? 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 It's the fun My last name is Jones, so I get really excited when there's anything more interesting than Jones. A couple housekeeping things. Yes, yes, yes. If you go down in that corner, that bottom left-hand corner, lots of great ways for you to share this show out on your social media channels to let everybody know that Joel is here today. Also, if you search for Randall Kenneth Jones or Amelia Antonetti on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, we are streaming this live and you get to see Joel's lovely face and Amelia's lovely face and I'm there too. So you will actually get to see the live version of this show. Joel, hello,
3: hello, hello, hello. How are you my friend? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. My gosh, that was probably the best intro I've ever uh, received. Amelia, come on. I'm taking you with me everywhere I go. Listen,
1: we need visionaries to change the way the world shows up, right? Somebody's got to break open that ceiling. And it's hard. It's hard to be different. It's hard to be the one to go, listen, this is really what we need because there's such resistance. And I talk about resistance energy all the time as a behaviorist. But your career has been one big conversation into another big conversation to another, like every time I think about there's nothing else left for him to talk about. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. You find something else. You go into uncharted waters. And that is so commendable as a CEO, as a behaviorist, as a, as an influencer myself being in your presence to see what you see and lean into how you lean, because we're gonna get into that today. I don't know how you make uncomfortable as comfortable as you do.
2: I'm gonna start, okay. If it's not already a love fest enough, Joel, this is not unusual. We actually spend the first 20 minutes just like blowing (laughs) kisses and saying we love people. We do! So I met Joel, actually it was cool. I called actually his publicist to try to get Tim Gunn. And he said, you know, not that Tim's not interesting, but I think I've got your guy. And so, you know, let me, I love how the earth, the the world works. And I get introduced to Joel Relampagos. I see what he's up to. I'm fascinated by this This is like two years ago. So most notably he'd had success in, in Hollywood as the showrunner for the biggest loser for 10 years, several other projects along the way, candidly faced problems with addiction. Faced them head-on, took responsibility for that, got better, launched a website called Change Your Algorithm, offering still still is up there, offering free mental health classes led by mental health experts. ChangeYourAlgorithm.com is still there, so that's what I introduced. Just Change Your Algorithm when I had him on the show when we had him on the first time, and then he's like, oh well, no, this is not enough for me. I must be Super Joel, and I'm going to save the planet. So. Then he launches Recipe for Change, yes, a, a discussion show which we Amelia and I are obsessed with. It's fascinating on YouTube Original Originals. He's dealt with Asian hate. He has dealt with amplifying Black women. He has dealt with issues on anti-Semitism. He is Emmy nominated for Recipe for Change.
1: It is and, hands down. You have to. You have to go to. You have to go watch it. You have to go watch it. It is when people talk about, I don't know how to start having conversations, but I know they need to be done. That show does it. You, you, it, it I just, I, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. It's everything that I've ever wanted to see happen in the world is to really start leaning into conversations that matter. But more importantly, when I listen, I learn. I really learn. Really, 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 really learn.
2: I mean, he just basically, I mean, if you, I don't know if the term is still even used, but he's reinvented or really pushed infotainment forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, Joel, you really have. So we're going to launch into questions here. What made you choose? And you can describe it a little bit, the dinner party format. So there are three dinner parties on each show. A famous person hosts the dinner party. A famous chef cooks for those six, seven, eight guests there. Why this format? Why did you have three different dinner parties per show sitting around the show, having these discussions?
3: Yeah, that's a really good question. So as Amelia said, you know, we're talking about some really important issues that make people, let's face it, feel uncomfortable. We're talking about race. We're talking about generation of trauma. We're talking about hatred and injustice in the world. And so, I, as an executive producer, wanted to make sure that we balance that out, right? So, we bring in things like food, <laughs> and, you know, a nice dinner times three, and then celebrities who we all know and love. And then that way, we get to hopefully captivate viewers. They watch it and then they dig into these conversations, and then without having to be a part of the you know, uh, uncomfortable questions and answers, if they feel like it, they get to stand back and watch candidly. And then they, that starts to break the ice for them. And then that makes them wonder, oh, how do I really feel about this? What can I do to become a better ally? What change can I make out there in the world? And all I can really do is hope that that inspires them. You know, so it is a conversation that does have that TV magic, if you will, but yep. deep in t- the root of it is a really, 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 really much needed conversation to be had. Well, you then know-
1: here's what's fascinating, it's, sorry, really. fascinating as a behaviorist. the In this dinner party environment, so everybody who's listening can kind of just picture everybody around a dinner table, is watching the instinct in people who sit back and listen because remember it's an uncomfortable topic who leans back to listen and is really open and receptive to pairing and flowing with the conversation and who leans in to say what they've always wanted to say seeing the not only the body language but the but the entrance into the conversation for me was captivating because you think you know right like i think i know who's gonna lean in? And then when you see Mm -hmm. them so beautifully lean back to go, ooh, there's something going on here, is spectacular.
2: And they accept each other's point of view. On Amplifying Black Women, there was this discussion about, are you comfortable being called a strong black woman?
1: That was one of my favorite, because as I'm mixed, right? So um, I've always, I intended, that to be a compliment actually i think it's one of the greatest compliments i can give because i think the journey to be a black woman is harder than anything else one if you're black is difficult but then if you're a black woman girl i am your servant i am your servant because i think it's harder than anything else and so i mean it with the most amount of respect but that doesn't mean how it's received. And so that is one of my, Randy, that's one of my favorite um, episodes.
2: Well, and they respect each other for doing it, but I have a theory. I'm going to throw this out at you too, Joel. The one common element, we all need food.
1: (laughs) And I haven't missed a meal. We all need that. And I haven't missed a meal. If you see me, I have not, my butt is evidence. I have never missed a
3: meal. Oh, oh, I have seven meals a day. (laughs) Uh, There there (laughs) is a
2: common element there uh that we all need food and and there is i like the example of you know there are appetizers some of the questions are appetizers some are the main course some are dessert i'm seeing how those are lined up i actually see how the dinner party is representing the conversation so maybe i'm going real 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 deep on the show no well, of course I, I am. that's
3: exactly you know that's exactly what i wanted people to know because for our episode about the Asian uh, Pacific Islander community. It's not just meant for API for the episode about the Jewish community. It's not just meant for Jewish for episode about black women. It's not just for black women. It's for everyone to watch and go what we have so much in common here. You know, we go through this, the um, you know, hurdles in life and it's up to us to heal. And just because someone has a problem and I don't doesn't mean that it's not my problem type of thing you know and so when you bring up the commonality of food it really makes it's really a microcosm for a much much bigger thing so I'm glad you brought that up well and you you're a fly on the wall
2: you're a fly on the wall I as a white male a gay white male so I am part of a group but I get to see what happens when Mary J. Blige gets her friends together and, That's right. and, and the respect I have for that honesty, I think I learn more as that fly on the wall than I would if, even if I were there, I'm not sure they would say the same things if I were in the room. I don't know.
1: You know Well, well I mean, and talking about that. So, you know, years ago, I'm going to date myself now. Um, you know, I participated in some of the Oprah book clubs, right? Um, not just because I was a behaviorist, but because I'm also mixed. Um, and we did a thing around, you know, the blue eyed girl and you know what was really important for me with my you know my black sisters was to say it's not just african americans right it's all of us who was not the blonde hair blue-eyed girl right it's all anything other than that stick cheerleader we all were i mean i'm very curvy as being italian i'm very curvy i could never trade clothes with my friends because i was the biggest i'm the tallest and i'm the biggest and so I couldn't go and they go, oh, you just borrow my swimsuit. I'm like, you're kidding. That would be like dental floss for me, right? It just So those conversations need to be had because in our development, one of my favorite things to do in a round table is to ask with my sisters, right? Because I love women, is to say, how did you learn to be a female? Because I didn't have a mother, right? So I had to rely on other people that I was looking and seeing to become a girl plus I have 11 brothers there was no female energy anywhere around me so when people go oh you're tough as nails I'm like well my childhood <laughs> I was in a I was in a t- pack full of men I had to be in order to get there and those conversations first of all Joe how did you get people al- to allow you to do this like I I am surprised that every single executive in the world didn't go oh son <laughs> let me tell you this is not going to work that had to have happened
3: Yeah, so another great question. So it's not every network, every channel that's willing to do a show like this, uh, truthfully, right? Because a lot of shows out there are very toxic. I don't like to work on toxic shows. I like to work on shows that are meaningful and inspirational. Um, And that's a big reason why I did, you know, NBC's The Biggest Loser for 10 years. But basically, given the state of the world, how chaotic the world is right now! Thank goodness that you know LeBron James's company, Spring Hill, who I work for, as well as um, YouTube Originals, which is always fighting for injustice and standing up for human rights, racial rights. You know, all all of it. Um, luckily, they collaborated, and then that's how Recipe for Change was born. So when you take people that want to see good, do good in the world, you know that's that's when we were able to do a show that is actually meaningful and impactful. So that's how it happened, yeah. And but you're, you're right, it's you're, not every channel that would do something like this.
1: And, and and so again, my my torture in life has always been the lane that I'm in about human behavior. People go, oh no, 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 none of that, because we want people to stay comfortable, right? So I'm controversial, right? I've I've been told no, all the time even though people see me on camera a, a ton you know with steve and oprah and and you know fox news and Steve, all that stuff you don't understand that in my ear is a producer that is screaming to say back down amelia back down right get in your lane be quiet be smaller like i got uh, politely asked to leave the set there's my political correctness because i was going at um, uh, one of the big high powered at, at uh, Fox News, they were asking me about wealth. And I said, Cash is king. And in my ear, they're like, We influence the stock market. I'm like, You ask me a question, I'm giving you. And it, it went chaos happened. And they're like, Antonetti, Ale's office. And I was like, I'm not going to lie right same thing being on some of the segments they want me to come out to go it's gonna be just wonderful life is fluffy and 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 it's not right because the real growth real brilliance is in these conversations but the conversations are usually housed right you you really can't get into it like the one um like and again this is where i'm so ignorant right i thought like the highest level to be is asian right i was like because this, the, the generality is you're smart and you're, you're in shape and you've got great families and everybody's, everybody's so friendly and supportive. Like I kept saying, God, if I was born Asian, my life would have been so different. Right. And then I walked, and I was like, oh, I didn't know any of this. Cause I was like, I would be smarter if I was Asian. I just would be naturally smarter in the DNA. And I, I felt so ignorant after watching your show.
3: Oh, <laughs> and by by the way i'm asian and i was learning more about my own community working on my own show so you're not alone there and you know what you're talking about is the model minority myth right where it's like asians are successful asians are the smartest this and this and that and you look at this asian represents (laughs) sex
1: right Right. i mean you see an asian i'm like
3: ooh,
1: right right? because (laughs) you've been you've been condemned you but i mean The the stigmatism, I guess, if that's the right word, has been conditioned about that, right? It's been fetishized,
3: too, especially for women.
1: Oh, my gosh, right? And so I was like, well, if I was Asian, I would be sexier, I'd be smarter, I'd have more resource. And then I watched that, and I was like, I am the stupidest woman
2: in the world. Now, I have to say that did you notice, too, that on Amplifying Black Women, the younger guests complimented the older guests ability to have a conversation and i was like oh i
1: cried i cried i cried because i'm an old person and so i didn't realize what an impact we're having on the younger conversation i i literally randy i lost my shit right then i cried i was like give me a kleenex this is the most important show that has ever
2: ever i was horrified i was horrified horrified and so glad that it was said. I was so glad that it was pointed out. Joel, I have to give you an idea. I'm giving ones. you a new product. I created a brand new product for Recipe for Change. So it's called Recipe for Change, the Home Game. Amelia, work with me on this because you know we will do this. Yes. You do yes. the home game because at the beginning they pass out a scroll, and you take the scroll and you answer a specific question on that scroll. For one thing, brilliant icebreaker. Sadly, everyone can do it without you, Joel. We can kind of write on our own piece of paper and do it. You can do the question, but the question that was asked that I went nuts over was just tell me that you're black without saying that you're black, tell me that you're Jewish without saying that you're Jewish. And let me tell you, I just finished my first fiction novel and I refused to say that my this character in my book was black. I refused to say that her husband was black. I was like, "Nope, not going to do it. I'm not going to label them. I didn't label anybody who was white." And so I just dealt with this. I I saw that question and, "Oh, I'm tr- I'm going to have a recipe for change dinner party.
1: I'm coming. I'm coming. So Joel, where did that question come from? Because that is bold. I mean, it's it's controversial. I mean, that it's right it it is How, how did that happen?
3: Yeah, so for the show, you know, as someone that brings on the crew, I really, really want this to be so personal for the crew. So for the um, Stop Asian Hate episode, over 80% of our crew members were from the Asian Pacific Islander community. Uh, For the ending antisemitism, we were bringing on producers, other crew members who were Jewish, you know, that were really passionate about standing up to antisemitism. For, and of course, the Amplifying for Black Women, we had producers who are Black women, culinary producers, talent producers, creative producers, you name it. And the nice thing about this show is that it's a learning experience for every episode that we continue to do. You know, for the Amplifying Black Women episode, it's not up to me to say, oh, here's what we should ask. You know, and that's why it's really left up to the producers. And as, as as an executive producer, I'm really in charge of like the overall look and being a part of casting and whatnot. But it's really personal for the producers that I bring on. So that's how it comes about with the questions.
1: I love that. And again, we're getting questions on the in the back channel about where to find it, how to how to how to, how to get it. Um, What's the easiest way to find it on YouTube? Yeah, luckily
3: it's a YouTube original show, so if you go to YouTube and type Recipe for Change, you're gonna see the episode about Stop Asian Hate, Ending Anti-Semitism, and then our most recent one is about Amplifying Black Women, which I believe is almost at three million, and it was just released like two something weeks ago. Um, so yeah, YouTube original or go to YouTube recipe for change. And then tomorrow is the, the Emmys where we're nominated. So, uh, wish me luck. How did that, first of all, who told you and, and how did you feel? Well, I was told through a text message, which is, I guess how, you know, how the biggest news is delivered these days. Um, and it felt really good. It felt so good because when you work on a show that isn't meant to be you know, this toxic loud and like, let's captivate people with like really loud personalities and drama, then you're like, are people, are people going to like this show? And for, for us to get an Emmy nomination a year after that first episode was released um, really felt so good. And it was just total validation that what we're doing is, is needed out there in the world, you know? so. It it really felt great. And again, it's a team effort. It's not even about me. It's about the amazing team of hardworking crew members behind the show. Joel,
1: how do you deal with that? You know, since since you're such a, I mean, a high level uh, creative and visionary, there's a lot of pressure. What do you do with the feeling of what if nobody doesn't, doesn't like this? Like, how do you, I mean, I'm, everything that I do, I worry. About. About, am I serving to my best ability? You know, Randy and I talk about this all the time. We're, we're so committed to really serving the conversation and the experience. You're—I mean—you're doing shows, right? What do you do with that? I mean, in the middle of the night, do you get that thing that goes, "What if it sucks?"
3: Absolutely. And what I like to tell myself is that I don't let one thing define me. Not my work not my workouts not my mental health program because what happens and i used to do this when i when i used to that one thing define me when that thing fails you know i would tell myself oh my gosh i shouldn't have done it like that that was my life that's my livelihood but when i have a plethora of other things that I'm doing in my life. I go, oh, no, there's all these other things that I'm also doing. Let me get back to that one thing that, you know, quote unquote, failed and redefine what failure actually means, you know, and so now that's the other. That's the second part to this is that I also redefined what failure is. I no longer see it as a negative outcome. I see it as a positive beginning. One of the best or the best lessons I've learned in television were from shows that failed. It wasn't from you know, the millions of ratings and blah, 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 that those hit shows, it was from those shows that literally nobody watched. And then I went, okay, let me spend time with all the other things that are actually going good in my life and reflect back on that one show that failed and go, what can I do better this time around? Right? One of my favorite quotes in life is from Nelson Mandela, who said, I don't lose. I either win or I learn. Mm, that's
1: a good, that's brilliant. That That is brilliant. And I think that that, you know as a behaviorist when i'm sitting with people in sessions that is what's holding people stuck in today for the fear of what if you don't like me what if you don't like my work what if you don't accept me what if i don't belong what if and so it's more comfortable to stay in today until the, instead of growing into tomorrow and you know with every one of your successes i'm making the assumption the pressure gets even more to up it. You know, I was very, very blessed to work with Michael Jackson. And in our sessions, he kept saying, I want a top thriller. And thriller is the benchmark for so many things in entertainment. And he chased to beat thriller when the reality is it needed to be its own success and its own lane. Right. And I see that behaviorally happen all the time. Right. Wanting to reach some other level or some other thing. And because you fear you can't, you do nothing. And so I love what you're saying about not rooting yourself in just one definition to keep it broad. But what happens when you're the one hit wonder and people bring you back to just that one thing.
3: I know all about that. I did Biggest Loser for 10 years and I was like the weight loss, (laughs) weight loss producer. And at a certain point, I was like, I don't know what other workouts I can like think of or like new food scene. And at a certain point, you have to get uncomfortable and lean into it and go what else is there out there? One of my favorite quotes from Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote, you e, pray love said, why are we cramming ourselves into a puny box of identity when we can be living in infinitude? And again, I could easily have been, I'm Zola Lampagos, the the weight loss executive producer, and this is who I am for the rest of my life. And then I go, wait, no, why am I limiting myself with that label, with that definition? And so, when you find yourself stagnant and you're not liking that feeling of i'm doing the same thing over and over and over and i'm being you know uh labeled as this one thing start to ask yourself what's another passion that you have in your life and how can i actually do that i never ever 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 thought i would get into mental health but there are skills that i'm using as an executive producer and applying that into mental health you know if you look at the changer algorithm website it looks like it's a Netflix show. <laughs> and that's because I know how to go, oh, people like, you know, this type of aesthetic. And then, you know, there's something appealing about like, you know, neon colors and whatnot. And everyone's kind of cute on the posters. <laughs> so, you know, I'm using my skills in television and applying that to mental health. And so that's really the beautiful thing is that you can pivot and it's totally okay to pivot because life's too short to not explore.
2: I want to give another perspective and i think other people in the room okay i am the elder statesman in the room i am as we know 60 this year and amelia you did this i don't worry about that anymore i don't worry about upping myself i worry about just being true to myself serving others doing the best i can and the quality i really do i have a lot le- now you know amelia i'm as type a as the, the, you know, as the day is long, but I've allowed myself to become peaceful with that. And I think that age has to do that. But Amelia also challenged me, what is your word for the year? So by me having to choose my word for the year, that gave me perspective. My word was value. Mm -hmm. Does Does this activity bring value to me? Does it bring value to the people I wanna serve? Does it bring value to the people that I'm interviewing? is this bringing value to to Joel? It is, so I'm good. Even if my dog jumps up on my lap and knocks me over backwards, I don't care because it'll make good TV and it's bringing value. And, and Amelia, I have to say, when we first met, I wasn't like this. You know I wasn't like this. But, but so I just want to speak-
1: Nothing feels better. Nothing in the world feels better than growing together with the people that you've chosen. That that thing that happens when you grow with somebody imprints forever. Forever. That's why, you know, what when, when I'm working with coaches, you know, the ability to teach and exchange your Hey
3: listeners, if you
4: enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day.
1: Knowledge to somebody else is a feeling that I can't even describe, right? Because it validates your legacy. And we're just not taught those things. And I'm, and I'm Joel. I'm going to send. We just dropped our new book, Designing Genius, um, and I'm definitely going to share because every part of the book is a behavior modification, or it's a reflection in the mirror, so you actually get to see yourself, right? And so when I sent it out originally, people were like, Amelia, people are going to really love this or really hate it, and I was like, Joel does it.
2: Joel does it. <laughs> I Seriously, I have the same response with my fiction book, though, Amelia, yep. I'm fine. If you like it, great, then I'm happy. If you hate my book, I don't care. I mean, I, I don't want you to waste your time, but I'm good with that. Yep. I, I can only be the best person I can be. It is 1131. Have to do a quick room reset. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to The Genius Hour with Amelia Antonetti and Randall Kenneth Jones talking to Joel Relampagos, Relampagos, Relampagos. <laughs> on Breakfast with Champions on Clubhouse. So you can listen to us on Clubhouse or we are streaming live to the entire world right now. And I did that really fast. That's good for me. And back to you, Amelia. Well,
1: let's take some questions. Let's. We've got some great people on stage. Um, I, I hunted down Renee um she's been in entertainment forever she's one of my favorite sisters um i don't know if she's still here but i yep yeah, you're the hello miss renee i know you want to lean into this conversation and i welcome you into it
5: hi beautiful hello room happy friday everybody Woo-woo. and uh, that
2: hi beautiful was for me right renee the high uh, beautiful was for me
5: Rand- randall you and you alone my dear <laughs>
2: right, thank you i just yeah you're obviously watching the stream so i'm good with that please continue
5: <laughs> um, I, I love this room so much. I love this conversation. And Joel, it is so wonderful to be. Look, I'm to your right. We're buddies
1: right now. The blue and orange, compliment each other.
5: I else. see. You.
3: What's up, Renee?
1: Hi, Joel. And Renee is a very well-known actress. Entertain- she's everything. Um, and um, so she's very, very well-known. But she has also perfected her craft in communication. And so I, I, I pinged her. I was like, you've got to come into this this room.
5: Yeah, and and once you you pinged me, I I shared this on my page to get more people in here. Joel, I so so love what you stand for and I feel like we have so many similarities in the entertainment field and wanting to wanting to make a real positive difference and I like to say I want to create uh be a pioneer for the communication movement where I help people to understand that communication is a priority in our lives and everything starts with communication. And when we learn to make this a priority, we become limitless. And it reminds me of what you're doing, right? You're sharing these beautiful conversations, this communication to change the landscape of the way people look at the world and the way people look at these issues that are often like, ooh, we can't talk about this. Um, And I just think that is so admirable and you know, in looking at, excuse me, just your background and, and all that you have to draw upon, you're choosing to, to step into this communication. Like there are so many, so many avenues you could take, right. But you're choosing to step into the hard, what's hard. And I think that that is so incredible and something that we can all learn. And you said something before that blew my mind. Hold on, I wrote it in the chat. I don't let one thing define me. What, Joel? That is like just just a golden nugget right there, and I think we all fall into that. I know I am the uh, what do they call it? It's a certain kind of thinking where oh, catastrophize, right? I catastrophize. I could do twenty five things amazing, but then if one thing goes awry, it's like oh, everything's horrible. And I, this made me realize I'm defining my life through one thing. And it's so important to, to not do that and look at the whole the whole picture. And I want to say one, one more thing, and then I will move on. Um, just yesterday, you know, I truly believe in divine timing. And just yesterday, I wrote because I believe that the most important communication we have is that first communication with ourselves. And yesterday, I sat down with myself, and I allowed myself to be introspective and write about what I want. And Amelia always encourages us to do this in the Genius Key family and in in the G100, to really sit and spend more time in the thinking than in the action. And I said, Renee, you're gonna freaking spend this day and you're gonna think. And what I wrote is, I'm not supposed to do it like everybody else. I'm not supposed to do it the way that this one says I should do it or I have to do it or to be successful. It needs to be this way. I am me. And like you, Joel, I have this this interesting, amazing background as a performer. That's my heart and soul, singing, dancing, acting on screen on Broadway. But now I'm in this world of being a coach and helping people to communicate with confidence. And I'm figuring out the way to do it that works for me. That may not be along with the rest of the people, quote unquote, but we all really need to take that time to figure out how things work for us. And I love that that's what you're doing. I love, 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 change your algorithm. And I'm just excited to stay connected, Joel. Thank you
3: for what you bring to this world.
2: That's
5: a lot
3: of love. That's a love. a whole lot uh, of love. I love you, Renee. Love, Thank love, love. love. Much. Yeah, that, that's a lot of love. And you know what? I'll take it and you're absolutely right you know and whether you are in entertainment or not i challenge everyone here to ask yourself what is something that we all can be doing you know in the lane in our lives whatever lane we're in that can make a change not just for us but also for other people because like I, I was talking about you know the world is way too chaotic to just sit back and do nothing type of thing you know and at the same time also knowing that we aren't just defined by one thing but often at times we see ourselves as that right and that can be really harmful in a sense that like we're limiting we're limiting ourselves y'all we're human beings we're unsupervised adults we can literally do anything that (laughs) we want to do right now but because of our ego our fear of judgment and societal expectations you know traumas from parents we're limiting ourselves. I want everyone to really break free from that. Amelia would know as a behaviorist, and go, "What can I do?" You know, with limitless potential. And I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because if we all had that mentality, just us in this room, a huge shift will happen,
1: which is crazy. And and you know, I was talking about this this morning at our nine o'clock hour. We have limitless opportunity in the world right now, and yet we hold ourselves captive in the limitations of our mind. We're surrounded by abundance, but we choose right to be handcuffed and confined. And that hence is really the problem. Um, I see my sister, Sally is here. Hello, beautiful. Welcome, welcome.
4: (laughs) Hi, my love. Thank you so much. Uh, Of course, you know, I'm super enjoying this conversation. Hi, Joel. Um, Joel and I, I think, did a couple rooms when Joel was really active on Clubhouse, and then he was gone, which I'm sure he's so busy. Hi, Joel. Good morning.
3: Um, What's up, Sally? Good to hear uh, your voice. What did you say? I said, good to hear your voice.
4: Oh, you too, Joel. And, you know, we're fellow uh, mental health advocates, of course. And I love that you just said that we're unsupervised adults. Woo! I just love that you said that. Um, I I'm, I'm I think currently... that's a t-shirt. I think we need It to really it a is. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. And I, you know, Joel, you and I share the same heart when it comes to developing television shows and, you know, trying to put good stuff out there and family friendly and just things that, you know, there's so much junk already on some of these streaming platforms. And the fact that you're out there making a difference and wanting to do more, you know, things that are gonna actually affect people, impact people positively, I think is lovely. I'm in the middle of of right now developing six new reality shows that are all in that same exact, you know, lane. And I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think the, the, the current mandates are for streamers and networks? Like, what is everybody looking for right now? I'm sure that you're right there and that you know what's happening.
3: Yeah, every network and streaming platform is different, so each one has a different mandate, but I guarantee you that all of them have the typical, right? Which is game show, dating, (laughs) adventure, and truthfully, as easy as it can be for someone like me to come up with those types of shows, my challenge as someone who wants to Work on social justice is go. What can I do with these current shows that I have and make them entertaining and, and make them entertaining? Because sometimes people don't know what they're actually looking for until they're actually pitched that. So don't let um, a mandate limit you. You know to go. Oh, they're not looking for this or they're not looking for that because they might actually be surprised depending on the idea. You know when when Recipe for Change started, um, there was no. Uh, I, there was no initial thought about like, oh, food should be involved and it's about dinners. You know, it's, it's, it was about continuing to develop what the idea was gonna be, right? Stop Asian hate. And then we go, all right, let's do three dinners and then let's involve all these other chefs and then let's bring in allies. So it's that development process, which is really beautiful. And once again, you never, never know. You really never know until you pitch it.
1: Yeah, and that I think was so hard, you know, I, I, you know as a behaviorist, the networks always reach out to me because they want to put me in relationships. They always want to put me in a dating show, right? And I keep saying my value is in the healing. The value is to put me in existing relationships, not dating, existing relationships to show people how they can up it to the next level, more like the nanny 911. But that's not what the networks want. They want me to go and just do a dating show. And I'm like, that doesn't showcase. My skills as a behavior—it doesn't doesn't show you all. We have a thousand and eight behavior modification tools that work immediately, but see the networks don't want it to work immediately, right? They want to just do more the entertainment of just you know like you know millionaire match, right? Like more patty. And I'm like, but that I'm that's not what I am. I'm not a dating coach. I'm not a matchmaker. I'm a behaviorist. I can fix anything because behavior is what fixes it and they're like well that's that's
3: that's not interesting that's
2: that's not interesting that's right i I, I
3: compare it to when we have to hide our vegetables in kids (laughs) foods you know and like so we have to go oh my gosh mashed potatoes right but inside is like the broccoli and the peas and the whatnot so my job as a producer is go oh my gosh the mashed potatoes and then eventually You know, go, oh, there's actually um, good in this type of thing. You know, when The Biggest Loser first started, people thought it was a joke. They're like, oh, wow, uh, obese people being made fun of. And then they start to watch the show. They start to watch lives being changed. And then they realize it's not even about weight loss. It's about that metaphor of attaining something that you never, ever thought that you could have ever because you thought it was impossible. And it's about transformation you know so find a way to make it entertaining find a way to put mashed potatoes on it and then stuff it with broccoli and peas and I think that that's yes. your gift,
1: right that's really your gift you know for me because i'm just i'm the person right nothing nothing brings me more joy than when somebody says amelia my marriage is over we filed a, like or the business says listen we're bankrupt like when somebody says you, you can't help It's that messed up. And I'm like, give me one hour, give me one hour. And I promise you, I will turn the sucker around because people believe that the answer is money, time or resources. It never is. It's always a behavior. And the way that a mirror works is the minute I mirror your truth, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee. It's impossible. Once the brain knows, it knows it can't unknow. And once you're mirrored with your own situation, you're now put in this amazing opportunity to choose different, but you first have to see it. But see, that's the big aha that people are not ready to look at. And the fact that you've done it over and over and over again, you're mirroring the thing that we all say, well, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about race. I don't want, I don't want, and then you do it so beautifully. Like I said, I, this, this YouTube original, everybody needs to watch it because you're taking the most non topic. We're never supposed to talk about like the thing they go, listen, never talk about that. And you lean in and I am glued to it. I'm glued to it. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. I've done that. Oh my God. I've done that. And it's brilliant because I realized that I've made so many mistakes, you know, with your Asian topic, with the black women. I've made those mistakes, but yet I didn't feel bad about myself.
2: Joel, I have to ask this because I've been trying to cut in because I'm dying to know. And I think this will really apply to people in the room because there's so many people who are really trying to do good. Coaches and things like that here. You can't do what we do me as a podcaster doing the show with Amelia, what you do without living this fabulous, wonderful life of very heightened awareness. You've gotta be really aware. I've gotta be aware who's standing in a line next to me at Walgreens, cause they could be our next guest. How have you changed? Obviously you've taken care of your health, thank you. Obviously you make me feel bad by all your workouts. Uh, y'all oh, yeah. need to follow him on social media, little stud muffins here. <laughs> Doing all this. I think I saw him bench press a tractor. I swear to God, I think I saw him bench press it's a tractor. tractor tire. And I thought, this Not is LA. Where'd tractor. the tractor come from?
1: <laughs> so I, I follow his Instagram just to, so if I want to wonder if I still like men, I follow, I'm like, ooh, I really like them. I, really, I sit there really, and really, I, really eat like really I eat like Pringles. I eat my
2: Pringles and I watch Joel, you know, work out. I'm like, <laughs> how do you use the ongoing excitement of the awareness to benefit your life? When you go home and it's not part of work, how does all of this help
3: you live your life? I think that's going to apply to a lot of people in this room. Yeah, I think that for me, well, first of all, I have to really unplug my producer mindset when I come home because a producer mindset loves anxiety because it's literally like, what are the millions of problems that I have to solve today? So I allow myself to have that mindset when I'm on set because I go, what are the millions of problems that I have to solve today? And then when I come home, I go, all right, I don't have that mindset anymore. I'm going to be really, 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 um, you know, present and do nothing. But no matter where I am, the essence really, which is not me as an executive producer. It's not me as somebody in the gym. It's not me as the founder of a mental wellness program. The essence that I like to think is that I'm someone that wants to do good for myself as well as other people. So when I come home, I still take that essence with me. When I go to the gym, I take that essence with me. when I go to work, I take that essence with me. It just comes in different types of energies, right? But there is really that core of that essence, which is just doing good, replacing judgment with compassion, you know, and then now, how do I actually fuel that in whatever environment it is that I'm doing, whether I am holding a camera or a tractor tire? <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I swear to you, it was the entire
2: tractor. It was not just the tire. Amelia, you okay. saw it,
3: he lifted okay, the Okay, that is a truck. rumor because... I am good with. I 100% approve that rumor, I lifted a tractor.
2: You know, but the
1: thing that that, that is so inspiring, and, and, and again, this is my, you know, my fangirl, you're so smart. You're so influential, right? You are the full package mentally, physically, right? Intentionally. And yet you are so approachable. You are so kind. Um, That is so rare. It is, it is so rare how helpful you are. I mean, really being a man of service, a man of true kindness and it's, it, it's beyond a blessing, but it also sets the example that you can do that too, right? It, because there's so many people who climb to the top of their fame, you know, top of their skill and become total assholes, right? Yeah. And the fact that you haven't, you haven't.
3: Yeah, and I remember being, you know, an, an assistant on set trying to approach these executives and they didn't give me the time of day. And the common denominator that I saw was that a lot of these people are really insecure. You know, they're cocky because they're insecure. They're narcissistic because they're insecure. And then I go, oh, that's a them thing. I don't want to be that. You know, when we work with people in life, when we have relationships with people in life, they're either a what to do textbook or what not to do textbook. And the assholes that I've met, I go, all right, when I move up in my career or whatever, I'm not going to be like that. I love talking to literally anybody. I mean, anyone that knows me knows that like I love doing inner child work. So I'm a giant kid with a really immature sense of humor. Um, And I love talking to anybody. And when when people are being cocky or they go like, oh, don't talk to me or whatever, "I, I have nothing to learn from you. Those are the people with a very fixed mindset. Those are the people that have limited their potential in life because they're stuck in the look, the persona right? So no, I, I love that you said that. And again, it's redefining who we are as people as we move up in our careers, because literally re- the relationships that we have in life, it, that's, that's everything. And, and I don't think,
1: think that's know, where the, the, the love that I have for you is my inner child is so curious about everything, right? And I feel your little boy child who is just as curious, and so my inner child wants to come out and play with you because i love the way you see the world because i can't see it until you show it to me then i'm like oh my god how fun i really want to just jump into the sandbox and i think that that's where that next level really comes from you know randy and i talk about this all the time i can be the best amelia i can be and it doesn't take anything away from randy and when randy's being randy i am his biggest fan I'm oh god! Like, yeah. oh my god And I think that when you get to celebrating who people are without any of the resistance energy to go, well, what about me or what about like like that? All of that nonsense just holds you down in shame, right? To be able to truly live in what we call your higher frequency. Higher frequency is all of that and the connection to the curiosity of the inner child. Because if you're connected to the curiosity, not only are you excited about your own life, you're excited about everybody else's life.
2: That's all I was jumping in on, Amelia. Have you noticed how many people we have on here that talk about inner child? It comes up all the time. Because if you lose your inner child, you lost your creativity. You lost your imagination. You've lost part of you.
1: You lost and, your compass. See, that? Yeah. your inner compass is the inner child. Your adult self, right, is the disciplinarian. I should do this and I should do that, right? Your inner child is the compass to your higher self. The only way to get your higher being is to listen to the voice of the inner child. Now, when the inner child is hurt and damaged, right, then we need to repair it and release it so you can hear that compass, right? A lot of times our compasses are like spinning around and around and around and around because it's lost its direction because of the damage. But all truth is through the child. All truth is through the child. And we forget that because the adult is so judgmental. But if you look at a group of children, they're not lost. The children are not lost. The adults around them are lost. The adults who go, you can be a doctor, lawyer, an MBA. But if you look at children in their authentic state, they're not lost at all. And they're joyous and they're happy. And they're not <laughs> comparing. We learn all that nonsense. The adult self is the one who learns that. And so between the higher and the child, that is the life. Your life is to reconnect. That's why it works in a circle. And that's behavior. But without these types of shows to demonstrate that it's okay. I mean, the biggest thing about this show is you realize, oh my goodness, I do that. And to be able to lean into it, to be admittedly, to say, I have been wrong. I have used some of those terms. I have thought some of those things, remember what you think and feel affects everybody. And now that I know I can now choose differently. I will never use some of the words and belief systems about Asians ever again, because I now know the problem was with me. I was the problem because I just didn't know there was no ill intent, right? right. but I created, I created a story that wasn't true.
3: That's right. And speaking of, Oh,
2: let me tell you, I I grew up, I have to admit this. Just, I'll tell you, I heard, you know, on the show last night, I grew up, you know, in the 70s, and I grew up with jew them down as that was an okay thing to say. And here I am, I would say it at eight. I had no idea. My mother said it probably 15 years ago to me. I explained to her what it meant. She didn't know. She didn't know. She was just something that was passed on to her, and she used it. But she didn't even know what the meaning was. And, and that was, I, I, I have to say, a lot of us have to be, I'm ashamed of some oh, of the things I, that I was thought, taught and the things I said before I was, before we managed, we managed on our own to learn they were wrong. I did. Mortified. I yeah. watched
1: that, both, well, all the episodes, every episode that I watch, I am mortified that I have a thought that is so far in the opposite direction of who I am.
3: And you know, we've been talking about inner child and just like that childhood innocence and the creative and you're absolutely right, where we're taught these things, right? But that's where we go, oh, we can be the cycle breakers now. So when we hear terms that we grew up with, it doesn't mean that we have to repeat those terms to our children, right? And it whether it's about race or even gender, things like boys don't cry, what is that really teaching kid that it's not okay to be emotional or it's not okay to or don't hit like a girl that's saying like women are weak or whatever right so it's all these things that go all right let me be very specific and poignant not just with the message that i use with myself but also the message that i use for kids where I know that this is gonna be a part of their belief system for years and years and years, you know? And like like you said, the mind doesn't really just delete things. We, all we can really do is replace that habit or behavior with a new one.
1: Awesome. Let's take another question um, from the audience and or those on stage. If you'd like to chime, chime in, please jump in with a question.
3: Um, Where do I, I, we
4: find I, the show, by the way? Just wanted
3: to know, the YouTube Yeah, show. just go We're to YouTube and about. type recipe for change and then you're gonna see three uh episodes on there and then you can basically choose which one the stop asian hate that one was nominated for an emmy that was her first one and then the second one is ending anti-semitism and the third one um with mary j blige is about amplifying black women so you'll see three episodes if you uh, youtube it
1: steven do you want to jump in i see that you have a question back.
3: yeah i do i have a question on the um the inner child stuff. So, so who who are people that you'd use as examples that if like they support inner child and this is how it works well in leadership? Because I, 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 when when I've entertained inner child conversations, it gets um, into kind of woo woo stuff. Which which business leaders, you know, we're, we're talking about achieving wealth. Which business leaders approach this topic of inner child <laughs> with the most decorum and effectiveness? You know. And achieve wealth doing it. They're just like like they're 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 big time uh, inner child supporters, but they find a way to make it work publicly by saying, "Yeah, I'm into the inner child, and it works effectively in business." I just love to hear examples of it.
2: Tara just sent a big message with it. Said the word Amelia in all caps. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, Randy, I think it's Kevin, right, who we know together. Kevin, who's who's been an icon. Kevin, right. So Kevin has been. um, I mean, I think I think he's famous in entertainment.
2: Right. Kevin Getz has worked on 7,000 films as the number one audience research person in Hollywood, is on someone's list of the 100 most powerful people in Hollywood, and I don't believe, I've had so many conversations with him, I I have to call him and tell him we talked about this. I, if his inner child were gone, uh, but I, I
1: don't think, don't think he could do been, what he could do. Yeah, you wanna talk about public and, and and a visionary, but I mean a bold leader. He is very much about his inner child. He is very much into having the conversation. He is one of the most vulnerable, candid leaders about what he's working on and why. And so I think if you want to talk to about somebody who's in this lane, but again, you remember about Kevin is that Kevin impacts everything you see in entertainment, everything.
2: He, well, I'll give client. you an example. He's, I think I can say this, uh, he's working on disenchanted to follow up to enchanted,
1: you but he can't work on, on
2: the story of disenchanted yep. and not have a really great grasp on your inner child.
1: And, and, to- and, and, and again, I'm one of his biggest fans, spending time with him. You will expand your thinking. He has that next level, you know, very much like you, Joe, like he'll ask a question. I mean, he will go deep and he will go very high, he will go very out on things. And so I think that's the first example that I would say about somebody who's been very open about the inner child work, the, the antiquated leaders, you know, the leaders that you know have been around for the last 25, 30 years, um, they're now losing something of value in their life. You can see the huge successes in business and now their marriages are over you know, their kids don't talk to them. So if you scale in that one thing, Joel, like you were saying, if I define myself on that one thing, what they're waking up is they're losing all the other things around that. Now, the only way to repair that is through the inner child. And unfortunately, a lot of the leaders from yesterday don't believe in that work. That's why they call it woo-woo. But if you look at the future leaders, if you look at Um, the the influencers that are coming up through social media and building those businesses. If you take a look at like even Gary Vee, Gary Vee is very vocal about his inner child, right? Where it was and where it is now, right? So we have more of the influencers that will actually speak in that. People who are doing big changes in verticals, but the middle markets, your middle managers, your middle companies are still believing this is the way we always do it. And that is why with the gig economy and, you know, the, um, the rise of the remote worker, you know, the great resignation that we're in right now, that's why they're suffering because they don't understand people, right? They don't understand people. It's and and why I came out with my book right now in the course, because if you do not understand people from a human behavior level, you'll never find happiness. You'll never find wealth because today's marketplace with the gig worker won't allow it won't allow it you'll hit your head against the wall until you start looking at your own reflection and i feel so firmly about it that this is the rise of the human capital
2: and i have to do the uh, we are out of time (laughs) i think joel will come back i think he'll come back i'll come Uh, back amelia.com to find out more information about amelia's book we've talked about youtube originals for joel's work with um with the show. Also, I want to do Rosie Mercado, who is a brilliant live coach. Rosie Mercado will be with us next week. So check her out. And uh, Joel, Amelia, parting words before we
3: turn this over. Well,
2: Joel, yeah, you know, I, love I was you. just gonna
3: say, I love, I, love you. I love you all. I mean, the intro to the conversation, holy moly. We gotta to get together in one spot and do like our own recipe for change. And I, I had a dinner with Amelia. You know, I had the pleasure I'm, of I'm I'm
1: coming back to LA. I'm gonna be in LA uh, the week after next. So I'll oh be there. God. But
2: for, I, And think, I'm there at Thanksgiving. I'm there at Thanksgiving. We have there to we do go. our
1: own dinner party. I mean, we'll grab Sally. I mean, we, I mean, we, we have to do our own dinner party.
3: We'll write um, yes. scrolls, all of it. Yeah. Um, but no, my message is just, you know, w- watch the show, check out my mental wellness program and please, Really, ask yourself what is something that you can do to ignite change in this world. Because I promise you, no matter what you do for a living, where you are in this world, all of us are completely capable of change. We just have to see that it is one hundred percent possible.
1: Amen to that. And again, thank you, sir. uh, We are your biggest fans. The answer is always yes. Anything you ever need, the answer is yes. And I I will come wash your car tomorrow afternoon. Social media show, right? Is that, I don't see Nate. I don't see, who's taking over from the social media show? Do we know? Am I here all by myself? I, don't I know think those
4: going. guys are all in Colorado right now at the UIA conference. Oh, so. so maybe,
1: are we just, are we shutting down the room?
4: <laughs> yeah, they're I all I think we just EYA. keep going with Joel. Are we <laughs> dropping sure the mic? Almost kind do. of dropping
2: the mic? I don't,
1: I don't, I don't, I actually don't know. I don't see anybody from the social yeah. media show at all. There's a
2: BW...
1: Say oh, again? Is there is a BWC got talent room. Um, I don't know if it's going to be in this one or if it's its own, I'm going to just check for a second. Okay. okay, perfect. Cause we'll, we'll send people wherever we need to send them. Normally it goes right into the social media show, but I think, yes, I think everybody is at the event. I think everybody's at the event. But I will pin you, Joel, because I am actually going to be in Los Angeles. I'm 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 heading out on the book tour, so I'm down in San Diego and then driving to Los Angeles. So I will come find you. But I'm not kidding. I think we can between Randy and I, we can come up with a really good roster of a dinner party, um, for sure, for sure, one hundred
3: percent.
4: Let's go. In the I meantime, I'm going, I'm
3: going to end the live stream
0: on uh, social media, on
3: Facebook and YouTube and everything else, so we can continue on here for a few minutes. All right, for those of you listening and watching
0: on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn, thank you for joining us. Join us again next week as we have another amazing guest. So thank you again for watching, and we're going to stay live on Clubhouse. Gotcha. Can I yeah, ask I
1: want Joel to sure one more question? One sure.
4: more quick question. So Joel, what do you think about the metaverse? Are you involved at all in, cause I'm working on a new metaverse project and it's a family adventure. Are you into the metaverse at
3: all? 100%. I mean, I, I'm so oh, thankful tell me that, about every, that everything everywhere all at once was, you know, thank goodness, such a hit that people who didn't get it finally get it. But you're on the right track if you're thinking metaverse, I'll say that. <laughs>
4: i think a lot of people are sitting back though and waiting a lot of industry people are like i'm going to sit back i have a lot of friends that are you know not wanting to go forward because they don't really understand it all so there's a lot of people sitting back and i'm i'm definitely pushing forward on the metaverse right now because i think it's the new wave and it's 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 our future really
1: guys lolita just pinned the link to the new clubhouse room it's in the chat so you guys can all head over there, just go into the chat and click the link. Thanks, Lolita. Thank you, Miss Lolita. Thank you, Joel. I will thank see you so Thank you so
2: much, I you, love you a and, and I will, I will you call you directly. I'll call you directly. Hi, please, please, thank please,
3: you, I miss you. Relampagos, you. Relampagos,
2: Relampagos, Relampagos, Relampagos. <laughs> love Relampagos.
3: y'all, thank you so much.